This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. My latest food section column and those run every other week, also under the name The Whole Dish, shared some of my favorite recipes for beans, but not just any recipes. These were inspired by a six-day rafting and camping trip I recently took with a group of fairly seasoned boaters on the John Day River. It was my first time, but I do have some experience cooking for groups in the outdoors. The idea was that we were all going to share responsibility for the meals by making one dinner for the entire group on one night of the trip. And these people, of course, being fairly experienced boaters, know what works well too. And so what we ended up with, with no prior coordination, just this sort of background knowledge, were six days worth of beans. Now, granted, we were accommodating a vegetarian, but I think one of the main driving forces, and it certainly was for me as well, is this is something that can be made ahead of time, pre-cooked, and then frozen and packed into a cooler that is not going to be replenished with ice throughout the six days of rafting and camping. And so having the meals essentially frozen solid will ensure that they're kept cool enough before they're consumed. Beans are great for this. Rice is great for this. And I also made polenta for the group as well, which freezes extremely well, thaws, and then can be crisped up in a skillet on a camp stove. So with that concept in mind, I advocated for people who are spending time in the outdoors this summer to consider this method if they don't do it already. Pre-cook a pot of beans, enough for your group. Make more and have extra in the freezer for when you come home from your trip and you want a fast, easy meal or any time during the summer. You just are a little short on time. They thaw in 10 minutes or so in a sink full of water, or you can just add them directly to a pot and put in a sauce of your choice or some other liquid, including stock, and reconstitute them that way without even thawing. That will assist them thawing like right in the pan on the stove. With those tips, I provided several of my favorite recipes polenta with kale and chickpeas that was right in the vein of what I prepared for the group, which was polenta, kale, and white beans with a sausage on the side, chicken sausage. Also rustic lentils on couscous. Lentils, of course, are another legume. They cook even more quickly than beans. They freeze well. And couscous cooks so quickly much more quickly than any of these other things, it can be cooked on site and not use an inordinate amount of camp fuel. But if you have the lentils frozen in your cooler ready to go, you can easily steam a pot of couscous to serve this for your group. And perfect pinto beans. Now granted, we were feeding a vegetarian as I mentioned. This recipe, like many, calls for some bacon. It's not so much so 
you feel like you're eating bacon with the beans, but that the bacon just imparts its flavor throughout the dish and makes for a really, really delicious sort of cowboy style Mexican beans. Look for that recipe with my column that ran June 16th under the headline, Beans of Summer. (laughs) I knew though that I wanted to share the following recipe. It was already on my radar. I didn't include it in the column because I knew that I could post it to my blog. And this is one I can't take credit for. It just curated from the Mail Tribune's Food Wire. It was tested by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and it's a recipe from Leaf, which is a vegetarian cookbook by Catherine Phipps that was published in 2019. These are pinto beans and greens with coriander tortillas. And I acknowledge in my blog the array of cultures that have their sort of quintessential bean dish. And beans and greens in particular can be seen in a couple of important cuisines. Namely, Southern cuisine, of course, has its black-eyed peas and collards, which we ate on the rafting trip. They were delicious. And Italy has its beans and greens, which are typically cannellini beans and escarole. Sometimes they have hot sausage or banana peppers, and these are very widely served in sort of old-school Italian-American restaurants on the East Coast. So people are familiar with the phrase beans and greens, and this author, Catherine Phipps, took them in another sort of ethnic direction with this Latin take, pinto beans and greens. Now granted, the greens are kale, chard, or other spring greens. Maybe not quintessentially Latin, but the seasoning certainly is. And this is almost like three recipes in one because she gives instructions for a fresh tomatillo salsa as well as freshly made tortillas that are sort of studded with fresh cilantro leaves. So it's a sort of an involved recipe. We'll take up a fair amount of time in the podcast and I'll give it right now. You can find it on the most recent post to my blog, The Whole Dish, under the headline, Top Latin Beans, Greens with Green Salsa, and that was posted June 16th. So pinto beans and greens with coriander tortillas starts by making the salsa, this green salsa, which calls for 10 and a half ounces tomatillos that have been dehusked, two jalapenos, two garlic cloves that have been peeled, four spring onions that have been trimmed, and now's the time to find these at farmer's markets. They're just gorgeous. Sea salt to taste, the juice of one lime, fresh sprigs of cilantro, and a few mint leaves that are roughly torn. So I'm going to give all the other ingredients for this recipe right now. For the tortillas, it calls for one cup all-purpose flour, one cup blue or yellow masa harina, four tablespoons finely chopped cilantro, a half teaspoon salt, and one and three-quarter ounces vegetable shortening that's been melted and slightly cooled. For the beans and the greens, you'll need two tablespoons olive oil, two red onions that have been peeled and thinly sliced, two garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced, one teaspoon cumin seeds, a pinch of ground cinnamon, 14 ounces spring greens, kale or chard, and that's shredded, eight ounces cooked pinto beans, and two ripe tomatoes that have been chopped. So start pinto beans and greens with coriander tortillas by making the salsa. Put the 10 and a half ounces tomatillos that have been dehusked, the two jalapenos, 
the two garlic cloves, and the four spring onions that have been trimmed in a frying pan, preferably a cast iron pan. Cook over medium-high heat for 15 minutes, shaking the pan until everything is charred. Keep a close eye and remove garlic and chilies when they blacken. This is an important step to making green tomatillo salsa. Typically, I have done the step in the oven. You can put all the ingredients on a baking pan as well and run them under the broiler. It's just a matter of preference. Remove the pan from the heat and finally chop the pan's contents or put it in a food processor and pulse to a chunky puree. Add plenty of salt and lime juice, then stir in the cilantro. Set that aside. So this recipe calls for making tortillas, and this would be a great opportunity to become familiar with this technique if you're not already. Of course, don't let the fact that you don't have a tortilla press or masa on hand to keep you from making this recipe. You could use a good quality store-bought tortilla, of course. There are even types that you fry yourself that are essentially more like a fresh tortilla. And Gretchen McKay, who tested this recipe for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, admitted that she didn't have a tortilla press, so she rolled these out by hand. They were a little ragged on the edges, she said. They're not the prettiest tortillas, but it still works if you don't want to go invest in a tortilla press, although they are very affordable, particularly at Latin markets in our area. So to make the tortillas... Put the one cup all-purpose flour and the one cup blue or yellow masa harina along with the four tablespoons finely chopped cilantro and one half teaspoon salt in a bowl. Pour in the one and three quarter ounces vegetable shortening that's been melted and slightly cooled. Then add two third cup tepid water. Mix thoroughly and if it's crumbly add a little more water a few drops at a time. Keep the mixing to a minimum though. Don't overwork this so you're not developing gluten from the wheat flour. You should end up with a soft, slightly tacky dough that will firm up more as the shortening re-solidifies. Divide the dough into 16 equal balls and roll them out as thinly as you can or press them in a tortilla press, making sure that the dough's pressed between plastic wrap or nonstick baking paper. If you don't do that, and a lot of tortilla presses, people will just keep them lined. It's going to stick. <laughs> You're going to end up with a mess. Heat a cast iron frying pan, and when it's medium hot, cook the tortillas for a couple of minutes on each side until they're dappled brown. They may also puff up a bit, but that will subside as they cool. Keep them warm until they're ready to use, and you can do that in a low-temperature oven or tortilla warmer. Those are widely available at Latin markets as well. To make the beans and greens, heat the two tablespoons olive oil in a large lidded frying pan or Dutch oven. Add the two red onions that have been peeled and thinly sliced and cook over medium-high heat until they're softened and slightly charred. Add the two garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced, the one teaspoon cumin seeds, the pinch of ground cinnamon, and cook for a couple more minutes. Add the 14 ounces kale chard that have been shredded or spring greens if you have those to the pan along with a half cup water. Press them down in the pan so they all kind of contact the surface evenly or as evenly as possible and then put the cover on. 
cook until the greens have just wilted. You still want them to have some texture for about five minutes or 10 minutes if you prefer a softer texture. Stir in the eight ounces cooked pinto beans. Now these could be canned, but of course beans are far more economical and they're just tastier and have a better texture if they're cooked from dry beans. And you can use the tips in my column, Beans of Summer, to cook the perfect pinto beans. Along with the beans, add two ripe tomatoes that have been chopped. If you don't have tomatoes in season quite yet, you could certainly use a whole canned tomato in this as well. Cook that just long enough for everything to be piping hot. Check for seasoning and adjust accordingly. And then stir into the salsa those few mint leaves that have been roughly torn, which sort of retains their bright flavor by adding them at the very end, a touch of sweetness that tempers the heat as well and serve the beans and greens and the salsa with the fresh coriander tortillas. And that makes four servings. A recipe from Leaf by Katherine Phipps, that's pinto beans and greens with coriander tortillas. You can find that on my latest blog post from June 16th under the headline, Top Latin Beans, Greens with Green Salsa. And that's at the whole dish, mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle, forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.